Hello and welcome to the Bastion podcast. Uh, this is going to be the uh, test recording. Uh, we kind of jumped straight into a conversation. Uh, I think we, we went over a few different uh, verses, uh, namely around the Romans part of the Bible. So I hope that you enjoy it. Uh, yes, this was specially recorded for you, Tash. So yeah, I hope that you enjoy. Share, share something you put on my heart. Actually, I'll share that, and then we'll pray. All right, so let me go to my notes. Um, so excited. Yeah, I, I can't wait to hear what you've got to say here. So um, what, what he said to me is this, this exact word, all right, and it was for me, and it was sorting out some stuff in my, my head personally, but he also said, I want, this is what I want you to share, and I want you to share with the group. It was really clear. I want you to love people. I want you to love them like I love them. It's my will. All right? So I asked a question, um, but the scripture that I went to before I asked the question I asked was this, um, from John 6, 38 to 40. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that of everything that he has given me, I will lose nothing, but will raise it up at the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him will have eternal life, and I myself will raise him up on the last day. So I said to, I said, I directly asked this question, how do I focus my heart and my mind on your will? And that's what I want to be able to do, right? Focus on his will. And I know that's in my heart, right? So, let's heart stuff. Come on. <laughs> All right. So, he took me to a passage that's really familiar and put a whole different perspective on it, right? But on it for me. So, he took me to Philippians 4 4 through 7, which reads this Rejoice in the Lord always. So, remember my question. My question is, how do I focus my heart and my mind on your will? Yeah, I didn't search that. He took me straight to this scripture. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all people. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and pleading, with thanksgiving, let your requests be be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts minds because just remember my question was how do I focus my heart and my mind on your will right so I just broke that down into a seven point well he broke it down for me right point one rejoice in the Lord always let the spirit of Jesus his gentle spirit be known to all people I want you to remember I want you to love all people the way I love you so he said that's point two let the spirit of Jesus his gentle spirit be known to all people so that through you they may know that the Lord is near. Three, don't worry about anything. Yeah, so don't worry about how you're going to do that, how you're going to speak to it. Don't worry about you know, the lady on the street we shared on the yeah, yeah. right. Point four, in all things pray, but ensure that it's with thanksgiving. Let your request be known to God, and he will bring you peace. He will guard your heart and your mind. Yep. 
So please share right now, Charlotte, before you burst open. Okay. Um, sorry, Anne, sorry. So you can share in a second too. What I had was different to you, but I think it's like a carry-on from you. So you're talking a lot about um, loving people and then your heart being, like, you have to guard your heart. God will guard your heart and that being the centre of that, right? Yeah. This is what I got, right? So I came to uh, Psalms 119. So if you want to flip your Bible to Psalm 119, and I was reading and I was just like, you know, things like, joyful are the people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord, joyful are those who obey his law. Um, just time after time, it's like repeating over and over again. Though my actions, oh, that my actions must consistently reflect your decrees. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I have rejoiced in your laws. Um, verse 17, good be your servant that I may obey your word. Uh, verse 20, um, I am always overwhelmed with the desire of your regulations. Verse 24, your laws please me. Verse 29, keep me from lying to myself. Give me the privilege of knowing your instructions. Um, verse 30, I have chosen to be faithful, um, determined to live by your regulations. 31, I cling to your laws. Like, it's just over and over again. Like, I didn't even make it through the whole psalm. Um, and then I was like, okay. Like, and that's not even what I was trying to take from it because I was just like, what? And then I read uh, Psalm 105, your word is a lamp to my feet. And I was like, okay, is this what? God is directing me for, like, directing me to, because I need a direction, and he revealed a lot about that to me, but that might be for another time. Um, and then I read, my life constantly hangs in the balance, but I would not stop obeying your instructions. And I that really stuck out to me, and I just thought, I didn't know why, and I was just like, oh, that's so wholesome. I love that. What a promise to make to God. Anyway, and so I just kept that in the back of my mind, and I was like, all right, that's nice. Let's flip to Romans 7. <laughs> um yeah, go on. Yeah. No, no, you go on Romans 7 because okay. I'll be interested to see what the link is that you come up with. So, I'm reading... Oh, Lord, please direct my words. Uh, so, I'm reading and I read 21. I have discovered that the principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. When I was reading this, I was talking to my mum about the sermon on Sunday because I was talking about how it was a great message, but I felt like there was scripture because I had read this last week out of context and I just thought that's a good thing, just highlighted it just because I thought I'm going to need that one day. Mm. And he was talking directly about this passage. And so today I opened up my Bible and I said, mum, like, I loved what he said, loved his message, but how much more effective would it have been if he had just said, flip your Bibles to Romans 7.21 and just read that passage because that's literally what he spent two hours trying to explain. Uh, I was <laughs> sitting next to these guys in, oh, you went there, him, and I was sitting there with... Where's the word? Dan, I was Danny. Danny was looking across at me. And I mm. Where's the word? Yeah, well, that's right. And I was like, and then I was talking to her about um, the word being our sword and that his, like, I was just... Uh, I feel not bad, but I was kind of um, pulling apart his uh, yeah. sermon, which is in hindsight, you know, maybe I shouldn't have, but... Oh, actually, no, I don't know. The sermon was? Um, so the sermon basically just being about sin and that darkness being in us and God conquering that. Which Who was all, it that shared the message? Uh, he was a guest speaker. Guest speaker. Doctor someone. Yeah. Oh, oh, the latest one. Yeah. And so then I was like, 
kind of just like, you know, I should have backed up, like the word is a sword. So he said all that and it was all true and it was all God breathed, but he wasn't using his greatest defense, which is the word of God, as much as he could have. So now when people contest him, like it would have just been so much more powerful if he just said all these, because what he was saying was controversial, it's countercultural, but it was, it was right and true, but no one can contest it if he had just said, it says it right here in the Bible. Anyway, and so. You are right. But that was, that's kind of irrelevant. The point is, I was reading that, and at first I was just thinking about the sermon, and I was like, you know, that's, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, hmm, let's keep reading. And then so I read, so now, and then I was like, well, it says so now, so I'm going to reread the part before it. And then I was like, you know what, I'm just going to keep reading the part before that. And so then I started with struggling with sin. And I was reading, so the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, for I am all too human, a slave to sin. And then I kept reading, and it's just going on about this, and I have this darkness in my heart. And then I'm like, but what is Paul trying to say? Because he's not just saying, you're doomed as a human, you're going to suck. And then I continued reading, and I'm like, okay, this just reminds me of Psalm 119, which I completely just threw out the window, because I was like, that's nice, about law. Then I went and highlighted all those verses I said to you, and I was thinking about the heart of the person. I was like, this, the definition of what Paul is saying is, yes, we are sinning, yes, it sucks, and we're going to sin. We can't escape it. But it says here, um, instead, but if I know that what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. And I was like, right. So then I'm thinking about... So he knows he's going to do wrong, but the point he's trying to get at is it doesn't, like, yes, it matters what you do, but to God, he doesn't see what you do. He sees your heart. And then I'm thinking, right, well, what kind of heart does he want to see? And I flip back to Psalm 19, and I'm reading, joyful are the ones who want to follow the law, and, like, the prayers of don't let me wander from your commands. And he's like, that's the kind of heart that I see. And then I'm thinking about when we read the scripture about, um, faith not being about works, but, it, you know, it's about yes. being your faith. And I'm like, we always use that in a context of I'm doing all these good things, but that's not what gets me saved. But we hardly ever flip it and say, I've done all these bad things, but that's not what's going to send me to hell. It's my heart behind those oh. things. So when God says, I don't see your works, he's not just saying, I don't see the good things you do. He's saying, I don't even see the things that you've done. I don't even think about them, I don't even look at them, what I see is your heart of why you did them and how you feel about it now. So if you're sitting there and you're thinking like, oh, I've done this thing, I'm a terrible person, what I wrote was, your sin doesn't define you, how you feel about this, it's how you feel about your sin that proves your character. And then that's what Paul is saying when he says, I am not, like, the sin, where is it? Um, I have discovered the principle that when I want to do is right, I never be doing what I love God, Lord. But there is another there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. The power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. So when he's saying, it's not... And then he says up here, I am not the one that is doing wrong. It is the sin that does it. So when you sin, that's... What he's trying to say is your sin doesn't make you who you are. Your heart is what makes you who you are. And if you recognise... I've done something bad, it's different than saying I am a terrible person. Come on. 
because your sin isn't you, your heart is you. And the fact that you recognize what you're doing is bad is something to rejoice about. Which brings me to the point that this whole thing is to the joy, which is, I'm going to, I already talked to you about my yeah. devotional, Come but on. I'm writing and I'm thinking about doing podcasts. But the message of this revelation is the joy in repentance. And I'm like, so reading all this, my conclusion is when we feel convicted, we should be rejoicing. Come on. We are rejoicing Thank you, God, that I feel convicted right now. Thank you, God, that you are punishing me for this. Thank you, God, that you are refining me because... Find it all joy when we go yes, to the shop. Come on. Because, <laughs> because that means I have a heart for your law, which is 119. So you can't pray prayers like this and then complain when you feel convicted. And you can't pray prayers like this and tell yourself you're a terrible person when you do something wrong. You should be, when you do something bad, thinking, thank Thank you, God, that I recognize what I did was bad because that means I am a good person and that means that I am made in your image and that means that I have your spirit within me. Come and, on. Oh, Ephesians 2. And you were dead in your offenses and sin in which you previously walked according to the course of this world. Yes. Mm. Okay, so so listen, this is so awesome, Shai, and I want to keep bringing different people back in. As we go through this, right? Mm. Let's just pray for a second. Oh, Holy Spirit, no, 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 don't, don't, <laughs> don't. Take this. This is awesome. Okay. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for your presence here. Pray. Eyes open. Look, we're here. Let's just pray. Holy Spirit, God is here, here with us right now in the Word. All right? We're just thankful. We're thankful they're teaching, opening hearts, opening minds. Yeah? And we thank you that your Word is going to come through this, Jesus, as we speak and we study tonight. All right? I want... What you're saying is right 100% on the track. Okay, Watch. Just watch where we take it here. Yeah, I'm just going to show you the notes that I've got written right, compared to what you've got written here. And I don't even know how long ago I wrote this. Chapter 7 defines bondage. Mm -hmm. Chapter 8 defines freedom. Mm -hmm. yeah? Chapter 7 is the foundation of chapter 8. We know that because chapter 8 starts with the word... Therefore. Therefore. All right. Let me, let me just take us away. I just feel like the Holy Spirit, there's something that came in a teaching I got this week, which is magnificent. It's about, it's called the, 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 the threshold um, covenant. Right? And it, it's something that you may or may not have, have, have come across before. But if I take you all the way back to the Passover, do you know where the Passover begins? Where, do, where does it start? Exodus. Yeah, Exodus, because it's what event? What is the Passover celebrated? It's when the, the Holy Ghost goes over the where God himself comes over and takes them. Yep. So what we know in that passage is that God says to, to most banks, take every take the lamb, take the lamb out. You know, on this particular day you're going to slaughter the lamb and you're going to wipe the blood on the threshold, your door. Yep. Yes? Because it's the doorway. Yeah. We're going to go back to covenant. This is all to do with various covenants and beliefs and places. Yeah. The man, back in, in this cultural period of time, yes, the man of the house was responsible for yeah, the whole household. That was his responsibility. His idea was his job to stand at the threshold and he would, at the pain of death, protect his whole family from whatever came through the door. Yes? Um, we know in the passages that, that Satan comes to... to like a thief in the night, yeah. But he'll come through windows another way, like not through the truck. Can't come through there because Jesus is mm. standing at the door, yeah. Mm. Right. 
that, and that's why the traditionally the whole thought process, you go through windows, you go through other ways, because a threshold will be guarded by house. Now, the ten plagues, including the tenth, the nine plagues, do you know what the nine, each plague represented? Why, why God sent those nine plagues? And then the tenth? Okay. Each one of those represented gods that the Egyptians worshipped, oh, and yeah. gods the Israelites were worshipping. Frog god, my god, locust gods. Mm. Yeah, blood. They worshipped like, and drank blood. That's why he turned the water to blood. It's kind of saying like, your your gods will fail you. It's well, it's not even saying it's direct. That's what it is. This is an inst- this is saying to you, I am, I am over all of those gods. Mm. That that's the nine plagues. Tenth plague, yeah. What what they what they did was they took the gods and they the, the, the god then became the god of their threshold. So the man would have that God representing him. So my God helps me protect my threshold. That's why God said, wipe the blood over here and I will protect. Watch, the one true God, I am the one true God. Where I represent across your threshold, yeah, the blood represents the blood of Jesus. It's messianic. That's who's on our threshold. Yes? Yeah. Yep. Revelations 3.20 says, I stand at the door and knock, threshold, threshold covenant. Yeah. What we let in, yeah. so we, we want to guard mm. what we put let come through our threshold yeah. what we go, let go the other way. Are you with me? Yeah. Yeah. Can you just take that, just put that aside, right? I really feel like the Holy Spirit's going to connect this in as we go forward here in Romans 7. Yes. Proverbs 4.23, guard your, heart, guard your heart above all else for it to determine the course of your life. Come on, come on. Read that today too? So, so, so Jesus is now, you know, Jesus is now the threshold. Yeah, he's he's guarding us as to what comes in, what goes out. That becomes our governing point. Yeah, you with me? All right. Okay. Listen to me about listen just a little bit more on threshold. Yeah. Remember when Jesus is calling his first, yeah, his first disciples, and at the very at the at the end of John one fifty, we kind of went over this a little bit quickly when we were going through, but. Um, he's talking to Nathaniel. Remember, Nathaniel's under the fig tree and he calls him. Mm. So Jesus answered said to him, because I said that you saw, you know, it's under the fig tree, do you believe? Because he, remember, he, he gave him a word of knowledge straight up. I know what you're thinking. Nathaniel said, holy smoke, I'm now following you. Yeah. Um, then he goes and says to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see the heavens open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Right? That's a passage. That's, that's words he takes directly from Genesis 28. Yeah, Jacob's in the wilderness and he has the dream. You with me? Let's 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 read it. Twenty-eight. Um, Jacob's dream. Then Jacob departed from Bethsheba and went on towards Haran. He came to a certain place and spent the night there, because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones in that place and put it under his head and lay down in that place. He had a dream, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, with its top reaching to heaven, and behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give it to you, to your descendants. Okay? He's given him a direct promise. Mm. Your descendants will also be like the dust of the earth and you will spread out to the west and the east and the north and the south. In you and in your descendants shall be the families of earth. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you. I have done what I have done and promised to you, yeah? It's a promise. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely 
Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate, the threshold to heaven. Yes, this is the gate, or the threshold is in the heap. That's what the word translates. Yep. And he called that place Bethel. Beth, house, El, God, house of God. Right? Threshold. Now let's go back and read what Jesus says. Truly, truly, yes, that's the gateway. With me? The, the, The dream represented that this is the gateway between heaven and earth. It's the gateway. Now let's what Jesus wrote. Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see the heavens opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man, on me. Jesus is the gateway directly to king. That's that he is the gateway to the kingdom. Yeah? Mm. That's the word in 128, threshold. Gate that's the gateway. Yeah? Who lives in you? Jesus. You live in me, I am in you. I am in God, He is in me. You're in me, I am in you. Yeah? He's the gateway. Gateway to what? What is he a gateway to? You'll see the Son of Man, the heavens open and the angels of God ascending and descending. Jesus is the gateway to heaven, to the kingdom. Yeah? So now what are you? What's in your heart? Yeah? And here's the gateway to? The kingdom. Yes? So what comes, he, he is the gatekeeper coming in and out. So if he's in you, he's the gateway in you, what can, what, what, what can come in and out of you? The kingdom. Yeah? All the power of the kingdom comes in and out of you. You're the gateway. He is the gateway. He's in you. That's what he's saying there. It's a threshold promise. Yeah. Everything he has comes into you. Everything you has come out of him. Are you with me? Yeah. Keep processing this. We'll come back to that. I really feel like this is the key to where we're going with this tonight. Are you with me? Yeah. Jesus is the gateway. Thank you, Luke. Romans 7, yeah? Okay, Romans 7, Romans 7. It's a therefore, yeah? The power is in Romans 8. power is in Romans 8. Let's just go through here. Romans 7, let's go. Let's read it from the beginning. Let's, let's, what I want you to do is just keep it in your hearts. Romans 7, Romans 7. Romans 7. Yeah. I want you to think about this, this gateway. Here's the standing at the door and knocking. Through me, I'm in you. And he is the gateway to the kingdom. Yeah. We're children of God. Mm-hmm. His inheritance, he is in us. Yeah. So we now have the gateway to the kingdom both ways. And all the power of the kingdom come in and out. We've got to be careful about where we place that gateway, yes, that threshold. Who knows? Listen to me here. We can open up other gateways and we can cross the threshold into places that are not kingdom. Who knows that you can feel that, yeah? You know when we're crossing into those thresholds. Right now, who can think of a time where you've crossed a threshold and you know I should never have crossed that threshold? You opened a door. We want to make sure that every time, every time we enter into something, we're entering it in through that gateway, Jesus gateway, the kingdom gateway, yes? Right. Let's just read this. Is everyone, are we, are we good on that? 
Okay, Charlotte, you got queries? Tell me what your query is. Okay, cool. I don't know. <laughs> let's, let's just go through this. Let's focus on the word, starting at, starting at verse 1. Well, do you not know, brethren, for I am speaking to those who know the law? Okay, let's talk about the scripture. Now, remember I said in my text message this week, sometimes it's it's hard when we, we, we are all born again. Sometimes we look at people who have come newly to faith and we go, have a look at like it's this defining lightning bolt moment for them. Where's that for me? That's chapters 5 and 6. We've been through that. We're now in 7. Yeah? Look at who he says. I'm speaking to those who know the scriptures, who know the law. Okay? And the law has jurisdiction over a person as long as he lives. Yeah, Because we know. We've read it all. We know this gives us our God. We've read it. Psalms tells us. We've got, to, we've got to love the scripture. We love the word. And he gives this analogy about the married woman. For the married woman is bound by law to her husband while he is living. If her husband dies, she is released from the law concerning her husband. So let's just pick in this. She's in an unhappy marriage. She doesn't want to be there. She's forced to be married. So this is the times we're talking about. And she's under that covenant until he dies, yeah? So then if while her husband is living, she is joined to another man, she's called an adulteress, yeah? But if her husband dies, she is free from the law so that she is not an adulteress, though she's joined to another man. Therefore, my brethren, you also were made to die to the law through the body of Christ. Okay, yes, we died with him on the cross, so that you might be joined to another. Okay, so we were in this unhappy marriage with the law and scripture. And that's, let's not beat around the bush. That's where we were because it constantly reminded us of where we were going wrong. Yeah? We could never live up to it. We're in this unhappy marriage. Yeah? But it says we've died to that. For he who raised us from the dead in order that we might bear fruit for God. So what's happened is we're being... Jesus, this is what Paul's pointing out. I'm going I'm to show you where you're free from that for a moment. That bondage where we're, we're trapped into the law, yeah? For while we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in the members of our body to bear fruit for death. Okay? What does that look like in reality? Oh, my goodness, I'm a sinner. I've committed that. Oh, my goodness, the law says that's wrong and I do that. Oh, my goodness. So, yes, you're with me? Who's been there? Yeah, who's been there this week? Yeah? Me. Yeah, because the law says to me, that's wrong, you're doing that wrong, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong. And you're constantly reminded because you know that that's what the scripture is. Yeah? Look at six. But now we have been released from the law, the scripture, having died to that by which we were bound, so that we serve in newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter, which means the oldness of the letter of the scripture of the law. Yeah? He's not talking about the law itself. He's not saying that those things aren't sin. He's saying you're no longer held in bondage to it. Yeah? What shall we say then? Is the law sin? No. May it never be. No. He's saying categorically not. On the contrary, I would not have come to know no sin except through the law. For I would not have known about coveting if the law had not said you shall not covet. 
But sin taking opportunity through the commandment produced in me coveting of every kind. For apart from the law, sin is dead. Which means it kept reminding me how many times I was doing it. You know, interesting one to pick coveting. How often do we go, I wish I had that, wish I had that, wish I had that. I don't have that, I don't have enough of this, I wish I had that. It's coveting. It's interesting that he chose coveting of all the sins. He chose coveting. Yeah? I was once, so he says, so sin takes opportunity. Do you notice how he's talking about sin as being separate to you, as a separate entity? He's not saying sin's in you. He's saying sin is going to take every opportunity. It's really interesting. Now that I've said this, the imagery is almost like a snake winding its way into, and listen to the language in our news. I was once alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin became alive and I died. Yeah? I was just happily kicking along, kick a ten along. In another another part of the scripture, Paul talks about, um, I think it's in Colossians, where he talks about um, up until Moses, people just just lived, but it was the law that points this out, yeah? And this commandment which says to result, uh, sorry, I was once alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin became alive and I died. And this commandment, which was to result in life, proved to result in death for me. Okay, So the minute that we start to become aware of the fact these things, all of a sudden we've got no hope. Why? Because to sin is to die. And so we are constantly reminded in the law of how, how much we sin and that we're dead. Verse 11. For sin, taking an opportunity through the commandment, deceived me, and through it killed me. We're watching this snake. What, what, how did, what, what does it say about Eve? Eve was deceived. It was Adam who committed the sin. Eve was deceived. Because, yep. So then the law is holy and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. So, saying the law itself is good. 13, therefore, did that which is good become a cause of death for me? May it never be. See, it's not the, it's not the law that made him dead. Rather, it was sin in order that it might be shown to be sin by affecting my death through that which is good, so that through the commandment, sin would become utterly sinful. Right? That's a lot of words, and that can wrap your head. You can spend all day. But really what that's saying is, yeah, it sin's taking advantage. Sin, what I want you to do is picture Eve in the garden. Okay? Before that moment, Eve did not know sin. She was sin-free. There was no sin. Because there was no death. There was, you understand sin came first, then, first, then death? You remember what God, God said to Adam, not to Eve. God said to Adam, don't take from that fruit or what would happen? You will surely die. Okay. So both Eve and Adam bit from the fruit. What happened to them immediately after they bit from the fruit? They realized they were naked. Yeah, but but God, what did God say? To, what did God say to Adam? What happened? Okay, but what happened to them after they ate it? Ate it? Oh, no, they didn't. They had knowledge. No, because God sacrificed. No, no, no. It's not what it says. They became aware. No, so God. we just interpret we because we've watched so much television. Tree. Eat the apple. No, what God was saying is, don't eat from the tree of 
knowledge of good and evil. Yeah, so they knew that what they had done. Because once you do that, you are now committing yourself to death. Yeah, you will, after you've done that, you now, instead of having this eternity living with me in the garden, sin-free, just in total intimacy living with me, that's what they had. They had heaven. They had perfection. They were completely righteous. They weren't Adam and Eve sinners. Like, they weren't sinners. And they weren't in that point. They were perfectly righteous, holy. In that moment, Eve was deceived and Adam chose. Remember, Eve was deceived. She didn't know what sin was. Satan tricked her. And we can go into a whole sermon around that. Satan needed her authority to get to the tree because Satan has no authority. He gains his authority through us. Mm. Yeah? Ah, there's my threshold connection. Oh, yeah. That's why Satan needs our threshold. Yeah? Can I tell you something? I don't know why why Holy Spirit said to me, go, go with threshold first. Here's your connection. Yes? Mm. Satan needs us to get authority. He has no authority. He has power, but no authority. Mm. He gets his authority through us. When we choose to sin, that's where he gets the authority. When we choose to give in. So, you know, the law, the scripture tells us what's right and wrong. But it's, it's Satan sitting here going, you do this, you do that, you do this, you connect it, got you. The gotcha moment. This is what's so beautiful about what you were sharing, Cheyenne, just before. Yeah? You with me? When when we stand up and we recognize, oh, okay, that's wrong, great, but I'm made righteous. I reject that. Satan, you have no authority over me. Whether you committed it or not, or just thought about it, you you don't have that authority. Yep. You with me? There's there's our threshold. Do not let Satan across your threshold. Yep. Who's the only person we let across our threshold? Jesus. The person standing at the door and knocking. And if we let him in, he'll come and sup with us. Revelations 3.20. Yep. We don't let anyone else across our threshold. But Satan's standing there too. Satan's trying to cross our threshold from every angle. He wants to come in. Oh, my goodness. He wants to come in through the house. He wants to come in through there. Okay. He can't come across your house if your foundation is the rock. Yeah, that's why we've got to build our foundation on the rock. Because we build our foundation on the sand. Yeah, because the storm that's coming for both of us can only come in, yeah, if we let it across the threshold. You with me? Yeah. This is the thing. Satan, we know this is what Revelation 7 is talking, Romans 7 is talking all about. Yeah. We know it's there. Look, this is where it goes into the conflict of two natures. Yeah, and I connected this. Remember we spoke about Proverbs 10? Yes. No, there's no bad Proverbs, is there, Sean? No. And Proverbs 10 is this great battle that goes on. Yeah, this, this is the representative. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I'm of the flesh, sold into bondage to sin. For what am I doing? I do not understand. So, so for what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I am not practicing, what I would like. Let me read that in correct English. <laughs> For what I am doing, I do not understand. For I am not practicing what I would like to do, but I am doing the very thing I hate. Yeah? Mm. Who can identify with that? Yeah? I know oh, what I want to do. So I wake up every day and I say I'm not going to do this anymore, and then we go and do it. Yeah? So Paul's, this is Paul, man. The great spiritual yeah. man is telling us he's going through the same battle. And in uh, verse... 
chapter 7, verse 15 of Romans, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Correct. All right. And then 16 says, but if I do the very thing I do not want to do, I agree with the law, confessing that the law is good. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Because we go, okay, I know that that was wrong. Yeah? Yeah. Because the law is correct, and I know I'm doing wrong. Yeah? Listen, let's keep following what he's saying here. So now, no longer am I the one doing it, but Mm -hmm. sin which dwells in me. Yeah? Sin, he's constantly pestering, picking and pestering, yeah? Like a tetsy fly. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For the willing is present in me, but the doing of the good is not, yeah? The flesh is willing, but the, uh, sorry, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. For the good that I want, I do not do, but I practice the very evil I don't want to do. Yeah, this is our constant battle. And I really believe this is what Tash was alluding to. So Tash, I know I'm speaking to you now. right? But if I'm doing the very thing I do not want, I'm no longer the one doing it, but sin who dwells in me. Verse 21. I find then the principle that is that evil is present in me, the one who wants to do good. Yeah. So it's an interesting word, the principle. I find that, just think about this, I find, I find that what is dominating inside of me is the evil, the one who wants, yeah? I find the, the, the principle that evil is present in me, the one who wants to do good, that's what we're looking for. Just what you were just talking about, Shy. I need to focus on what I know is right. For I joyfully concur with the law of God in the inner man, yeah? So we now go, yes, the law is good. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I want to do, yeah? But I see a different law in the members of my body, waging war against the law in my mind and making me prisoner of the law of sin, which is in my members. Can yeah. I... Yes, please. Bring... Well, I... hang on, let's just finish this and then go in. Because he concludes with this. Wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death? Yeah. So he's asking the question that we're all asking. How do I get set free from this constant battle. Yes? Go shy. Um, I was going to say, I, when you were talking, when we were reading, um, so I am not the one doing wrong, it is sin living in me that does it. And I just think this whole thing, as the whole Bible does, is just really linking to your identity and like being careful about your words. And I think that as well was a big part of what God was revealing to me yes. today, is that you are not your sin. Your sin is something in you that causes you to do what you do that you hate. Come on. And that isn't you. Yes. You are the person who hates what you're Come doing. On. That is you. Your heart is... Yes. And yet, oh, in the part where he says, um, I know what I'm doing is wrong. This shows that I agree that the law is good. That's you. Yes. That is you. Not what you have done. That is not you. That, that's why this this, this conflict between it's, righteousness yeah. is this war. And it's just this visualisation of like, I know you saw it with a snake and I just wish everyone could see it. It's like a, like literally God giving yes. me a physical picture of like sin literally being something in our body that is not part of us, that's living in there. That's yes. just habit, like habit, habit. So, so who wants to know? In you. Who wants to know then how to get free from it? Paul asked it. Wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death? And the first thing he said was, well, thank God. Thanks be to thank God, God through. Remember, we're back, back at the beginning, thanks the message Jesus gave. 
Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. rejoice. Yeah. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then on one hand, I myself with my mind am serving the law of God. But on the other hand, my flesh, the law of sin. We often talk about this internal war that's going on. It's not between that. The internal war is between our soul, our mind, consciousness, morals, yeah, and our spirit, both fighting to control our flesh. Now, what we want is those acting in unity. We want our mind. That's why Paul keeps saying all the way through the scripture, don't let worldly knowledge drive you. Yeah, Your mind will take you somewhere. You need to understand this. Yeah. God is going to reveal things to you that won't make sense using worldly knowledge. Mm. The smarter you are, the knowledge puffs up. That's why Paul keeps saying it. Yeah. Yes, you're with me? You can't, you've got to, we've got to take control over this. Remember my question right at the very beginning of this. God, how do I, do, how do I have my heart and my mind right on this? Yeah? So think about three different objects. Here's your, your body, your soul, which is your, your mind and your consciousness and your spirit yeah which comes from god we want our body dominated by our spirit we want our mind to come into submission to our spirit so that our body then comes into submission so we want it going that way spirit in allegiance but what happens to us is this is what happens our mind takes over and says but you're sinning and it's not our mind remember this it's because our mind listens to satan Satan says, you're sinning, you know the law. You're sinning, you know the law, that's you, that's your identity. Yep. So now our mind separates from our spirit. We're not in allegiance. So now our body's confused. Who do I listen to? Yep. We've got to get these two in alignment. Our spirit and our consciousness together. Our soul and our spirit together. Yep. So that our body can move in that thing. That's why he says my body, my, but the members of my body are not fine. So who knows that's where it comes from. Lust and covetous through the eyes. We know these things that these different parts of our body that's what he's talking about members. He's talking about this separation. We've got to get all that in alignment. But, but, but it gives us an answer. It's so magnificent. That's why, that's why chapter 8 starts with the word therefore. Now let's read just, just the first part of this, yeah? Through to 28. So the 28 is now going to make sense to you for all things work together for yeah? Right? Therefore, this is now, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Yeah? Let's just decree that. Yeah? Thank you, Jesus, that there is now no condemnation through you. Yeah? For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. Yeah? So every single time, this is this conquering of the mind. I've written in here, <laughs> key equals transformation of the mind. That's why Paul culminates in that power passage in 12, Romans 12. Be renewed by the transformation of your mind. Yep. So we, this is what we've got to do. Yeah. Those things come in. So you now heal yourself at the speed of thought. It comes in. No. Satan, you have no authority. You cannot come across my threshold. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That's why we're... You missed threshold, man. You guys missed it. I don't know why. Recorded. 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 It's not missed. Okay. Yes. Threshold. This is why it's so important. Yeah. We could, when it comes across our threshold, no, man. We have the old. We have. We, yes. The first threshold. The Passover dinner. Blood on the on the doorway. Yes, because it represented the gods. It marked the threshold. Yeah. 
can't come in. Why? Because we have the blood of the lamb on our threshold. Satan can't come in there unless you allow him to give, give it authority. authority. Yes. How do we give it authority? Oh, I agree with you. I have sinned. A little bit of leaven, leaven the whole lot. Correct. Come on, my scripture reader. Listen, are you with it? Yes. How do we give authority? I just said to you, Satan stands there and he throws stones. He can only come in if you give him authority. How do we give authority? We agree with the why. Yes? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Yes? That's that's him. He's guarding our threshold. Those lies can't come in. You with me? They can't come in. Yeah? Unless you give it authority. How do we give it authority? We agree with the lie. Yes? We know the law. That's what's so hard for us. That's the battle Cheyenne you were talking about. We know the law. The law comes and says to us, the, Satan says to us, no, you know the law. You've just sinned. You're a sinner. Yes, you're right. Bam. Authority. Thank you. That's all Jesus wanted. No, that's all Satan wanted. That's what Satan wanted in the very beginning with Eve. Why did he have to deceive her? Because he can't go to the tree. Why didn't he just go to the tree himself and take the apple? Because Satan has no authority. And he has power. He needed her. Why? Because we've been given all authority. I'm going to run out of time to take you to the scripture, but I can take you to the scripture. In Corinthians, we have been given all authority. That's why we're princes. That's why we're kings and priests. Satan doesn't have that. We are above the... Uh, the whole, I could go there right now, but we can go through all of the um, the, the passages about where um, we... Um, oh, my goodness. No, we don't have time. We don't have time. All right? We can go right through all the passages that... Um, will talk to us about um, in Hebrews 2, yes? About where um, angels, Jesus is above angels, we're above angels, yeah, we have the authority, yeah? We have authority that angels don't have. Satan is an angel, fallen angel, he's an angel, yeah? He doesn't have authority. We have authority over him, yes? So he needs our authority to get to it. That's what he's doing to us. He's using our knowledge of the scripture to gain authority. You with me? That's what he does. That's how he's doing it. Yeah. The only way he can come across the threshold is if we give him authority. Oh, Cheyenne, you did that again, man, and you know the law. You're a sinner, mama. And you go, yes, I am. And and, and you give it, and you and you go, yeah, she's given all authority. And then you go, oh, why am I such a sinner? Oh, yes, let's just keep building that authority. And Satan stands there. She's agreeing with the lie. She's agreeing with the lie. And bam, you do it five times in a row. And you agree with the lie. Yeah? See where the bondage is? Let's look at what he says. Yeah? For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh as an offering for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Yes? So we are, we can no longer be condemned. Yeah? It's a lie. That's what makes us know it's a lie. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. Remember back to my prayer in the very beginning? Yeah? What happens when we, do, we don't fear, we're not anxious? This is exactly what he's talking about. It's anxiousness in this place. Yes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be anxious 
And in everything, through prayer and prayer and stuff, in everything, yeah? Through prayer and stuff, and thanksgiving. Make your request known to God. And the peace that surpasses all understanding will be sowed upon you. Yes? You with me? That's what comes to us now. Peace. Because, because the mindset on the flesh is hostile toward God. For it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do it. Remember I said that. The attack is not about you personally. Satan's not going, Charlotte, I hate you. I'm going to take you down. Does he hate you? Yeah, man. He hates all people. But he wants to attack the kingdom in you. He wants access to the tree of life, the, uh, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That's what he wants access to. How does he get it? By tricking you into giving him authority. Mm. Can yeah. I have Please. a you? Yes. So, back to Psalm 119. Yes. Verse, that today. Uh, verse 28. I, I weep with sorrow. Encourage me by your word. But 29. Keep me from lying to myself. Give me the privilege of knowing your instructions. Yes. So, just recognizing the lie. lie. And you're lying to yourself. Yes. Once you like, give Satan that authority, yes. he's not the one lying to you anymore. You're lying to yourself. Yes, because your identity tells you you are free. You are, you, yes, look, read and reread and reread this one. You are now, there is no condemnation. Yeah. And then after, I have chosen to be faithful. I have determined yes. to live by your regulations. Yes. I have, I've chosen to be faithful. Don't let me believe anything else. That everything else is a lie. I'm not, yes. I'm not weighed down by my sin anymore. I'm not a slave to my sin anymore. I have chosen to be faithful. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Look at this. Nine and ten, we'll, we'll go through this, we're, we're going to run out of time. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, but if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong in him. If Christ is in you, yeah, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the spirit is alive because of righteousness. Yeah, We are made righteous by him in us. Yes? So who do we want? Thank you, Jesus, for giving me the threshold. Yes? Who do we want across our threshold? Jesus, yeah. Who do we not want in our threshold? Satan. Yep. Yeah. How can? What's the only way Satan can cross our threshold? Yes. How do we give him authority? By agreeing with the lie. Yeah. That's what Paul's explaining in seven. Don't agree with the lie. We know the law. The law, because we're Christians and we're believers, we know what the law is. So he uses that against us. Is the law bad? No. The law is all good, but he uses it against us. Yes. Are you with me? Look, I'm going to jump to 14. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons and daughters of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery, leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons, by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And in children, heirs also. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. Yes. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed in us. Come on. Are you with me? Yes. That's who your identity is. That's what is important to you. Come on. What have you got, Charlotte? Okay. So when we when we got when we allowed no, it's only quick thought. When we allow Jesus, when we don't give authority to the enemy, when we allow Jesus into our house, that means if he's in our house and he's within us, then what comes out of us 
And I just, where did it go? Verse 19, for the eagerly awaiting creation waits for the revealing of the sons and daughters of God. Like the world is waiting for us to share what's inside of us from where Jesus has been standing on. Come on. Can can I cap on that? We're going to close in a prayer because I really feel like God's pushing something here, right? Really, really important for you to understand this. I opened for you guys who came in late. Jesus really spoke to me heavily over this last period of time. Um, It's on the phone. But basically, he said to me these words, I want you to love people the way I love them. It's my will. And he he took me to Philippians 4. Um, which we know so well, which is the thing about be anxious for nothing. But he gave me a whole new perspective on it. Yeah, because it's, he made me start at verse 5, which is rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice. And he said, I want you to let, your, let the gentle spirit be known to all people around you, to love people with the spirit of Jesus, the gentleness of Jesus and all people around you. I really feel like I need to... Right now, I want to call us here in this moment, yeah, to, 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 to individual calling here, to speaking over it, all right? There'll be, I, want, I want prophecy in this moment. I want people to be unashamed in this group. I'm going to call this upon you, right? And as this night goes on, you're going to have a chance to share with people in the room and around there. I want you to be obedient to what Jesus is putting on your heart here, yeah? You understand this. Your identity has grown out of this, Okay? Because as you step out of that bondage into freedom, yeah, you now have a responsibility to what you're called to as heirs. Yeah? All right? you, you've just been given, Jesus has just given you a freedom pass that some of you in here may not have realized you had till this moment. Yeah? I want you to relish in it. I want you to go backwards. Yeah? In Galatians 5, Paul says, who fooled you? Who took you back there? Yeah? Don't be that. Don't go back there. Yeah, recognize the lie now immediately that comes and at the speed of thought, take it over. And this moment, I want you to take your identity forward. I want you to love like you've never loved before. I want you to, I want you to let that, that threshold is going to be open. Yeah. Some of you are, are really cautious of that threshold and you're holding it off and you're protective because you're worried. Yeah. That's what he meant by be anxious for nothing. Mm. Are you with me? Be anxious for nothing because Jesus is at your threshold. Satan cannot cross it unless you give him authority. Are you with me? Yes? Okay. Jesus, so just open this room up now. Holy Spirit, just fill these people in this room right now, Lord, with your that, that your knowledge. We thank you so much that you have broken us free of our of condemnation through the Lord. That in this moment there are renewed hearts and more importantly, renewed minds. That we understand who we are, Lord. That we are truly heirs to the throne through you. Right now, Lord, we want to step up to that place. We want to go up a level. Yes? We want your favour. It says in his word, as Jesus was growing up, that the favour of God got greater and greater. That tells us that favour can come, can can grow and get more and more. Right now, Lord, I call your favour upon these people that they would just get more and more and more favour in this place. And that as they step out in this, Lord, that they would just see that favour manifest in the lives around them. That as they truly love indifferent people, that there would be there would be manifestations of the gift that you've placed on them. Yes? Lord, please, just open their hearts up. Let them give words of wisdom, words of knowledge, words of encouragement, words of love on people in this room. That there would be words of prophecy spoken. 
amongst people here that tonight we would see those those manifestations occur and then that would be the launching pad for the next phase through here. We call open hearts around projects that are on hearts. That it's not just thoughts. That the, that the only thing stopping those projects from starting are lies that have come in and said, oh, you're not good enough, you don't have that, you know you're a sinner. Yeah, gone. Condemnation is gone. Yes? So those projects will now occur. That we would now step into those things that you're placing on hearts, that it would be free. And right now, Lord, I call for a lifting of the fog. Holy Spirit, just a lifting of the fog on this group. In Jesus' mighty name we pray that. Amen, amen. amen. There is no fear in love because fear has to do with punishment. One who fears is not made perfect. Come on. Are we are made perfect. Come on, come on. Come on. Can someone, can someone like Will know that we're wandering here? Yeah, we'll Stefan. Uh, with Will. Well, uh, that was certainly different. Um, we kind of crunched for time towards the end, so we sped up and we're, we're being cautious of that. Uh, yeah, big thanks to Cheyenne for for really just leaning into what the Lord was doing. Um, yeah, God is good. You guys are great. Yeah, hope you've enjoyed this little test podcast thingy thing that I've set up. Hopefully, it, it's all audio has come through good and everything has sounded nice. And yeah, I love you all. All right, bye. Thank you.